Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I am your host, Brian Bott. This is episode number 25. It's a sharpening the edge version of our podcast going over Coach Mike Verstegen and Logan McCormick. I'm here with my co-host, Coach Dean Manchie. Dean, how are we doing? Really good, Brian. It's hard to believe that this is episode 25 already and all the great guests that we've had on. Uh, this is so exciting and looking forward to this episode of Sharpening Your Edge with talking about Mike Verstagen, former Badger, and then obviously Logan McCormick was a Kimberly athlete, and he's at NDSU. NDSU and uh, we really had great, great conversations. We really appreciate all those people that reached out to us yep. and um, are utilizing these podcasts. I think one of the nicest things that I've heard from a lot of the coaches and, and even parents is, you know, they're getting this message out. Yep. And, you know, we know there's no fee for this podcast. We're not making any money on this. You know, we just say, hey, like and subscribe. But, you know, coaches out there, if you run accounts like Remind to your student athletes or whatever your communication process is, if you can get that in the hands of as many athletes and coaches as you can, you know, we really appreciate the feedback. It's just, you know, getting these kids to see this or listen to it. And uh, I know our kids that I deal with are, are really enjoying it. And they're getting a lot out of it. And it's just, we're really, I mean, really growth mindset in that aspect, right, Dean? Is that how much knowledge can you get into your kids' hands? Just yourself, you can't anymore as a coach. So using a lot of different resources, hopefully our podcast has been um, a resource, you know, for that. And Dean, I, I apologize. I got to do this here. I'm, I got to do this as a proud dad. I want to shoot, uh, give a shout out to my son, Cam Bott, who is named Rippin Offensive Player of the Week last week. Cam, you know, I know you're listening, so I just want to give you a quick shout out. Sorry, kind of, you know, we run the podcast, so we get to have some shout outs every now and then. Cam, um, same thing here. Well-deserved. We appreciate you. You're a hardworking kid, and, and you're doing great things there at Rippin Football. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Dean, we're going we're gonna to cover some, some topics here today, and we want to give our listeners, you know, the four topics we're going to cover two from Coach Verstegen, two from, from Logan McCormick. And again, if you guys have not listened to those podcasts, go back again. Obviously, Mike's a very, very smart individual playing the NFL. And Logan, athletes, I tell you what, I've told all of our athletes at Sports Advantage, if you haven't listened to this one yet, you want to be a leader, this is one you have to listen to. I mean, this is un just unbelievable information from a, from a college athlete. So the topics we want to cover today from these guys and our sharpening the edge uh, you know, Coach Verstegen talked about asking questions, uh, asking for help, things like that. Another thing he talked about was protecting your confidence, Dean. And so those are the two things we want to cover on Mike. And then with Logan, obviously, we hit on entitlement and ego, you know, with him. And then also the last thing we want to finish up with was staying uncomfortable. And that's a, that's a home run here. We want to hit on that. And for those of you, again, that haven't heard our podcast, you know, do the old Star Wars marathon, right? And just binge listen to them one through 24 to get up to date here uh, because a lot of our, our messages follow suit. But anyways, Dean, um, you know, asking for help can be really hard as a coach, especially some of our coaches that have been entrenched, you know, in coaching for a while. We have a lot of coaches that have been very successful in the way they do things and it works for them. And that's, that's great. You know, you want to keep doing the things that, that you have success with but sports, athletics, training, conditioning, you know, strength and conditioning is always evolving, Dean. And I think a lot of times, and especially I, I think, you know, you don't want to pigeonhole. A lot of times our male coaches, you know, and male athletes, you know, it's almost a little bit more of an ego thing. 
you know, or it's a little bit more of a, you know, I can figure this out on my own thing, but asking for help is one of the greatest tools in your toolbox, right? You know, the great relationship I had with Mike Verstegen, when we first started coaching, obviously when he was leaving the Badgers, I was a strength and conditioning intern under uh, John Detman at the University of Wisconsin, as you know, but the greatest thing when he came on our staff, being a Kimberly guy and an NFL guy is a lot of times people have that misperception that the, the all NFL guys are big ego guys and, and, and they're not going to be real team players and they're going to want to do everything their way. And the thing that impressed me the most about Mike is right away when he got coaching, he was going after and asking a ton of questions. And that really impressed me about him because here I thought, boy, this guy's going to want to come do and everything his way. And he's got so much knowledge and higher end knowledge, obviously playing at the, in the league and, um, and he was just the opposite. He was like, how do I take a lot of this, you know, advanced concepts and really keep it simple for high school athletes and get them to grasp what I want them to do on the football field. And that started at practice. And, and you know, the dialogue and what he said is, you know, he had to learn how to teach and he wasn't right. a teacher. You know, he had a business degree. And obviously he's in a financial planning that is his expertise as far as his schooling, but really being able to relate and be able to teach high school kids is, is much different than being in, you know, at the college level or the high school level. And I have so much respect for Mike in that he had a growth mindset right away. It wasn't like, Hey, I'm this person and I know everything. He was like, how do I get better? Right. How can I make this team, this coaching staff, better and he was willing to share x's and o's and concepts and in zone schemes as as far as everything that he has learned and yet then he was learning from all the coaches that were teachers that have been coaching high school kids a lot longer and really trying to improve his coaching skills and that growth mindset always really impressed me about coach Verstegen. And, and at first it was difficult for him i remember he'd get very frustrated you know, and he'd ask, hey, what do you guys do for this? And he just would watch a lot of the guys that have been coaching high school kids that were teachers a long time. And he was just picking up on stuff. And every year he was getting better and better. And, you know, I tell everybody, and of course, you know, when you coach with individuals and you see the time and, and all the effort they put in and the difference they make in young kids' lives, I firmly believe he's the best offensive line coach in the state of Wisconsin. Right. You know, and, and I tell everybody that just because of going up and beyond and, and just not only with that knowledge, but he figured it out. And then when he figured it out, he was always trying to improve and get better. Today, nowadays, I think a lot of young coaches come into a setting, especially if you have a good successful program and they're, they're very quiet and it's kind of goes along with the social media situation is, you know, they're, they don't ask questions. They're, they're not, hey, I want to learn from this guy that's got more experience or from this coach. And even other coaches in the building, even other coaches in the building, sorry about that, didn't have it on silent, but other coaches in the building of constantly, you know, getting better. And, and that's what he did. He would get with the basketball coach. He'd get with other coaches in the building. And that just made him a lot better and it made our staff a lot better. You know, Dean, and it goes to young coaches as well, you know, asking for help is, 
is the way you grow. You know, uh, I'm good friends with a with a local business owner who's very successful in in Madison, and you know his company has has built numerous NFL stadiums, and and things like that. And you know, I, I use him as a as a resource, you know, all the time because he's not only a good friend of mine, but also, you know, he really open about you know business, you know, analytics and things like that. And he once said to me, he said, you know, if I hire someone, they're not supposed to know everything. You know, because if they know everything, they could be doing what I'm doing already and go off on their own. You know, young coaches, that's really important to learn. It's not a sign of weakness asking for help. It's a sign of strength. It's a sign of confidence that when you can ask for help, because at the end of the day, the main concern is the development of the young athletes. And if, if you want to tell everyone, you know, I find this with young strength coaches a lot. Hey, do you understand that? Yeah, I got it. And then you go and you watch them. They're leading a group and they do it all wrong. Well, because they don't want to ask for help because it's almost a fear factor that you're going to think less of them for them not knowing. You're not supposed to know some things because you're new in an environment. So uh, asking for help to me is a sign of strength and not weakness. Yes. And I think so many, you know, athletes too, right. Ryan, that we talk about is a lot of times, you know, they have to communicate. You look at the, just, let's just use the game of football. It's football season. Obviously I'm involved with the football program, but when you go up to the line of scrimmage, you have to make communication calls right on the line, depending on how a team is lining up against you. And you have, you have to be ready for that and you have to communicate. And many times, you know, athletes, students don't want to ask those questions. And I think as a teacher, as a coach, you have to make sure you are having an environment in which you invite them and you want kids to ask questions. As a coaching staff, you want your coaches to ask questions and not having an intimidating right. culture or structure in that coaches athletes students are intimidated or you know they're going to be ridiculed if they're in that situation we want the opposite there's never a bad question when i run the fox valley throws club and kids are there and they're not understanding something i'm like please tell me i can explain you in a different way but by not by faking it or not understanding that then is not going to help you improve and get better and i think it comes down to building relationships athletes with your coaches and coaches with your athletes so there's that there's that understanding and there's also that, um, that, that sense of security, you know, cause it can be hard sometimes for a young athlete to ask a question of a coach, but you know, the most coaches go over, if they're going over something new, if they're, you know, in the weight room, if we're teaching technique, the last thing we usually do is, does anybody have any questions? And athletes, that's, that's not us just saying it to say it. That's us saying if, Hey, if you don't understand this, we want you to know, because, you know, we don't care how heavy you can lift something incorrectly. You know, we want to see you do it right. And our, our, our goal is the development of you. And I think social media plays into this as well, Dean, right? The use of cell phones. Um, you know, most people, they don't want to have the hard conversation or ask hard questions. They'd rather text it to you. You know, and I, ha I have that rule with my staff is that if you have a hard question, hard conversation, it's got to be a phone call. Um, because we can get any through anything face to face, you know, but, but talking behind people's backs or, 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 you know, doing things that maybe you don't understand, but you don't want to ask the question that only hurts your environment. 
you know, that only hurts your environment. And the strongest programs have the most open lines of communication, you know, and that's why, that's why they're so good because they can communicate, they can have ask hard questions, and then everybody gets on the same page and gets through it together. And athletes and coaches, if you're in those situations, I know when I was a young coach and we would be having, for example, a football meeting where there was a large number of coaches and they're obviously with more experience than I had that were much more knowledgeable, you know, and you're in that position and, you know, that person that's running a meeting, whether it's a head coach or some other coaches asks, is there any questions in front of the big whole group? And if you're not comfortable saying something because of that fear of judgment or, or fear of failure, if it's, right. if it's a bad question, you're afraid people are going to look at you different, meet that person that led the meeting and get them one-on-one -on -one and then ask the question. And it's the same thing with students. You know, a lot of times we'll say, does anybody have any questions? And in front of the whole group, no one wants to ask that question. Right. That fear of ridicule. Of fear. Yeah. But just remember then just, it's up to you to hold yourself accountable then to whoever is addressing that and is trying to help you then get them in a one-on-one -on -one situation and ask the question because there's never a bad question and right. how many times do we go over stuff just in strength and conditioning brian when we're calling you know each other over and we're going through a new program we're going through a different exercise and there's many times you'll be explaining something or i'll be explaining you're like i'm not quite getting you right and then maybe we're sending a video to, to each other and say oh right. yeah now because i'm yep. more of a visual learner Yep. You know, and now that you sent the video and showed me, I get what you're saying now. Right. So if, if you sat there and we had conversations like that and I didn't truly understand it and said, hey, coach, bot, yep, I got it. I got it. I, I didn't really get it. Really, I'm, I just just wasting my time. Right. And then I'm ultimately as a strength and conditioning coach, I was I'm going to be hurting my athletes. Right. And I think with the questions, right, it promotes confidence in your kids. The more that they feel confident to ask things. The more confidence are going to the confidence are going to gain, and that kind of goes into point two that Coach Versagen talked about. You know, was protecting your confidence. Okay, and look at the end of the day, we want confident kids, we want confident athletes, we want confident coaches. But understanding the difference between, you know, sharing, you know, how confident you are with everybody all the time, and carrying yourself with that inner confidence you know, is really important in today's athletics. And you see it from the pro level down, you know, you see, and, and, you know, we could talk about, you know, different basketball players. They're not on some, they're not on a, a top 10 list, whatever. And they tweet at the, at the list, you know, I mean, those guys don't need to do that, you know, I mean, but it, I, the younger kids see that and they, and they see that this is how it works. And, now, all of a sudden, we see it in the high school age and in the college age, you know, and and if you're looking like on a Friday, the best time to look for some of this stuff, everybody is on Friday. You know what I mean? Especially during the football season. I guarantee you that half your football team, you know, has already put out Instagram or tweets about what they're going to do tonight. And interestingly enough, a lot of the best players, they just show what they're going to do. And then they let people write about them. And that's, that's the thing that athletes, would you rather write about yourself or would you rather have somebody else write about you on how you played? Those are great points, Brian. And I think the last thing you want as a coach is bulletin board material for your right. opposing team. You know, and that's one of the things we always preach in our, in our program. And we understand kids are going to be kids, but, you know, I think you have to be very, 
very uh, careful on what you put out there because you as a strength and conditioning coach, as mentioned previous podcast, you put up stuff in the weight room for motivation, right? you know, and other coaches have, we all have, because we're always trying to find that little motivation that helps our team get a little bit of a competitive advantage and, you know, do the work in the dark, you know, do the work in the dark. If, if you are really prepared and you put the time in, you know, your game's going to speak for itself. And I think that's, what's really helped with, you know, technology in a positive way is now, Hey, you don't have to go all over the nation to try to find some college, you know, recruiter that's going to give you a shot and give you a scholarship. Right. You know, you can put the stuff on video right now. Huddle's a great example of all the videos that you can do. So if you can play, it's going to, you're going to see it on film. You know, college recruiters would come in and recruit our athletes, boy, it would take those guys about five minutes to look at the film to really quickly figure out if they could play at that level that they were recruiting this athlete in. Right. And I think too, I mean, there's a difference between putting your highlights on huddle on Twitter and telling everybody what you're going to do in a game, you know what I mean? Or, or things like that. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, that goes back to your confidence. You know, are you really truly confident? Or are you trying to put something out there to try and show, you know, try and, you know, guide everybody into the fact that, boy, this is a really confident person. You see it on and, and social media is, is, you know, the killer for that. You see it in business, you know, you see it in, in, in so many other, in so many other avenues these days is, you know, about five to 10% of what you see on social media is real life. You know, yet everybody wants to make that like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter is a beat all end all, you know, and every little thing and, and people get, you know, personal and they take things personally with that stuff. And, you know, you're talking about me or you're doing about this and things like that. And, you know, with, with athletes and coaches alike, you know, being humble, is a great quality and being humble athletes and coaches just listen to this on my definition of humble is it's not being quiet it's not being passive being humble is understanding that even though you may be really good you still can get a lot better and not stopping trying to improve okay once you get to a certain point all right and you really try and start like i'm really good once you start feeling like you're really good all of a sudden, that's when you get nabbed. Somebody catches you. Somebody passes you. Somebody beats you. Things like that. So be humble. And, and humble means understanding that you still can get better, even though you may be the best player on your team. And athletes understand, you know, one thing that, you know, kind of is a pet peeve of me is when, you know, you're playing an opposing team or, you know, and you're up by a significant amount in the game. And then athletes are talking you know, about this and that and being um, bad behavior on the field when right. really, you know, the scoreboard says it all. Right. And you so have to talk. you don't have, so you don't have to talk if you're up and you shouldn't be talking if you're getting crushed. Right. You shouldn't be talking there. And I see both, both ways, but, you know, play for your teammates and play hard and, and respect the game. Right. You're not playing the guys in front of you playing for the people behind you or, or locked arms with you. Coach Jones made that great comment, you know, and, you know, as we get into Logan's comments, Dean, you know, about entitlement and ego, these kind of roll into each other. Right. You know, and, and we've talked about entitlement with a lot of our guests and it's really prevalent. 
You know, it's really prevalent in today's day and age. Everybody wants the next thing. Everybody feels like they should get this, you know, participation trophies and stuff like this. And let, let's, let's be honest. Okay. When I play, I, I thought about this, you know, about participation trophies, Dean, as I was getting ready to talk to you today, you know, when I was in T-ball, okay, this is a long time ago. And, you know, you know, there was the, you know, you got the first place ribbon, the second place ribbon or the third place ribbon. First place was blue. Second place was red. Third place was white. Okay. Everybody got a ribbon. It's just all the other guys got the green ribbon. And that was something we viewed that green ribbon as not even close to being as good as the blue one or the red one, things like that. But in today's day and age, everybody gets the same thing. You know what I mean? And, and everybody, you know, gets those trophies. Everybody, I remember coach Jones talking once about, you know, a, a situation he was talking to a kid that they got like uh, third or fourth place in like the B division. And he was like, well, how many teams were in there? And he's like eight. He goes, really? You didn't, you know what I mean? And so, um, and I think entitlement creeps in at such a young age right now because kids are getting cell phones when they're 10, you know, um, you know, maybe they're the best player on their team and, and everybody's telling them that they're the best player on their team. Again, it goes back to being humble, you know, and just putting your head down. And like you said, working in the dark. You know, that entitlement piece is really big. When we went on our big run here in football with the, obviously the 70 game winning streak, you know, it was a situation where, you know, when that group was done, the previous football team was done, you know, they, they were out, they were out. The new team, you come in, your record zero and zero. Right. And so, you know, you have to understand, you know, like a lot of coaches say, you know, we're ranked high this year. You know, any coach will say that, but really it went by last year's success. So we got this preseason ranking of being high because of what was done the previous year. And then everybody gets looking at like, oh, we're ranked fourth in the state. Well, you really weren't ranked fourth in the state. Oh, I was really last year's group. Right. Because now this year, everybody starts out zero and zero. So you're always fighting entitlement. And I know, you know, being on top in our situation is, is very stressful. I think for coaches, I think it's very stressful for athletes. And you better have a growth mindset because everyone's trying to knock you off. Everyone's trying to be that team that beats you right. and entitlement creeps in and just going out there and wearing, you know, the, the uniform that the previous team won that had success, isn't going to get it done right. is people are gunning for you, trying to beat you and you have to just be ready and you have to be prepared. And it's all about the process. You know, coach nice. Jones always says it the best. You have to water it. Yep. And you know, now that group is left well, you got to keep watering it and you have to be ready and you have to be prepared. Preparation gives you confidence. If you're prepared, you're going to be ready, and you are going to be ready for that first game, that for that season, whatever. The more you know, the less you fear. So if you know your assignments, and you know that you put the time and effort in the weight room, and you've taken care of your body, you don't have to fear anything. You just go out there and have fun. So the more you know, the less you fear. So yep. get knowledgeable about your sport. you got to be a student of the game. We're students of strength and conditioning. We're always evolving, learning every day. You're sending me videos. I'm sending you videos. We're sending articles. The more we know, 
the less we fear. We know what we're doing as far as program design and what we're doing in the weight room works because every day we see it. Every day we're assessing. Every workout we assess. Every four-week program, six-week program, every season, in-season, out-of-season, we are assessing ourselves on a daily basis and we'll study and adjust. We're, we're always tweaking with that program. Go ahead, Brian. Well, I think too, Dean, you know, where entitlement ego gets even stronger, the better you get, the more you have to fight it. Because, you know, you have guys that have, you know, you know, whether if you build a program, you know, like look at look at like Coach Alvarez did building that that first Rose Bowl team, right? And how they did it. That's where you got to fight entitlement and ego the most because now all of a sudden, not only, you know, are you at the top, but in high school and college, you start graduating those guys out that built it. And now you start having the middle school kids come in. You start having, you know, the high school kids that come in and all of a sudden, Hey, you know, we're, you know, we won this and we know the program won this. And I think as coaches, that's your job. That is your job to make sure that that doesn't creep into your program. Once it does, you have to squash it immediately because once problems fester, okay, they grow and they grow and they grow. Okay. Once one, you have entitlement in a, in a pocket of kids here, all of a sudden they're going to bring the joiners with them. You know what I mean? The, the kids that maybe aren't quite ready to have that leadership yet, but they just want to feel a part of the team. Oh, these guys are doing this. So I'm going to go over here. It's like that old, old saying, right? Dean, more money, more problems. The better, your, the better your team is, the more that you have to fight this. Administrators, okay? People that are on your staff for a long time, okay? You see, you know, the coaches are kind of just go through the motions. Coaches, you can't go through the motions if, you, if you're providing a service for young athletes. You see this with entitlement with coaches. Oh, this is how we've always done it. Okay. And, and, you know, I've gotten this and I've gotten this. So coaches, you have to fight that urge not to have an ego just because, you know, you won a championship last year. Well, like coach Jones said, Dean, the first thing that comes in, in any, every team that wins a championship has to have talented players. Okay. You usually don't see really poor players win championships just because they got a great attitude. Okay. Now you want to promote great attitudes with everybody. Right. But you got to have some talent and you have to develop that talent, but you also have to cut the entitlement off at the roots because once entitlement creeps in, you know, it's like alligators and cancer, right? It never lets go. You know, the ego thing too, as an athlete, who is feeding your ego? Who is feeding your ego? That's a question I always ask athletes. You know, we have a game tonight and, and whatever that game is, I'm just using this example, but maybe, you know, it's a team with a bad record and, you know, your team has a great record and everyone's saying you're going to crush this team. You know, who, who is saying that? Is it somebody, another coach? Is it, is it a coach that's, that's seen film on the team or is it a community member? Is it, is it a family member that has never even watched this team saying, oh, you guys are going to crush this team because your record is this and their record right. is that? You know, that's what I always say is, you know, be careful with your ego. Who's telling you that you're this good? If you're a sophomore in high school and, you know, you're getting recruited by BCS schools as a sophomore, yeah, you're probably pretty good. You're probably pretty good. 
But if you're an individual and in my 27 years of coaching, I don't think that's probably maybe one kid out of all the athletes I've ever been involved with. Right. Then you have to understand you have a process of you have to get much, much better as an athlete. And even the best athletes that I've been around, they are constantly trying to get better. They are constantly trying to get better. But I've seen it where kids come in as freshmen and they were the best middle school athlete. And then here I am, you know, I walk in the room. I don't have to work as hard. Nobody's as fast as me. Nobody's can jump as high as me. No one's as strong as I am. And then what happens? They don't water it on a daily basis. And by the time they're a junior, if, if, if they're not quit, if they didn't quit by then, they're got passed by, by many of their athletes in the same class that they have. Well, Dean, and I think that goes to our second point that we want to go over with Logan, right? If you stay uncomfortable, okay, entitlement won't set in because you're always in that growth mindset of, and coaches too, you're always in that growth mindset of wanting to improve where you're at. <clears throat> and coaches, you're always going to want to have your team be a little bit better. And you're not going to develop an ego because you're constantly looking at the different areas that you can get better. Maybe you got a lot of talent but maybe you got to get your grades up. Maybe you're only getting six hours of sleep a night. Well, think of how much more sleep I can get. Maybe you need to study film for a half hour more. Okay. And and like for me, you know, when I talk about getting uncomfortable, you know, and I'm talking to any of our business owners that are out there, it's putting yourself to task on a consistent daily basis. And this applies to our athletes and coaches as well. When you can make the monotonous great, is when you're starting to really move forward in anything you're doing in life, all right? And you have to challenge yourself, okay? Anybody can stay in that comfort zone of, yeah, I went to lift with Coach Manchi today and I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna do this. What about if you really wanna be great, how can you make yourself a little bit uncomfortable, you know, and do a little bit extra? Maybe it's like taking a band and doing some extra flexibility work. Maybe it's drinking an extra 20 ounces of water. Maybe it's getting up at six in the morning. You know what I mean? So you can do some visualization for yourself. Anything to make yourself a little bit uncomfortable. Okay. The success is going to be that much more special to you because you're like, okay, boy, this was really worth it. And we know from talking with Lewis Carella, okay, winning is never guaranteed. Winning is never guaranteed. But what's guaranteed is losing if you don't put in the amount of time you need to put in to do that. You know, staying uncomfortable, the, you know, big thing with me when I was a younger coach is, is having that uncomfortable feeling of going up to an older, more knowledgeable coach and asking, yeah. why are we doing it this way? Or can you help me teach it this way so I can understand what I'm supposed to be doing as far as how I'm breaking down my unit group, my position group. And to me, that was very uncomfortable because I thought, geez, if you ask a question like that, you know, I'm not as knowledgeable you know, and I'm supposed to know this, but you're not supposed to know that as a new coach. And that's why they're experienced coaches and they've been doing it a lot longer. So having the ability to ask other coaches on staff is probably one of the best ways you can learn as a coach. And I remember when Logan Bruss was in high school, we just talked about Logan Bruss, one of our previous podcasts, it's the right tackle for the Wisconsin Badgers right now. He was very uncomfortable trying to gain weight. He was trying to gain weight. He was eating six, seven sandwiches a day, plus his breakfast, his lunch, 
his dinner. I remember him coming up to me and saying, I'm so sick of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, coach. You know, what should I do different here? Well, have some turkey sandwiches, have some ham if you like it, have some chicken, you know, break it up. But if it's important to you, you will find a way. And that's that whole thing about being uncomfortable. Well, and, and two, if you want to make changes in your life, and this is kind of more like, you know, long-term life talk here. Okay, if you're unhappy with the situation that you're in, you have to make a change. Because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. Okay, so maybe if you feel like, if you feel like you're overweight, well, you have to change how you eat. And that's going to make you uncomfortable because you can't sit and eat a whole pizza, you know, three or four times a week. You know, if you want to gain weight, you have to be uncomfortable. Okay. You hear it. We hear this all the time. Oh, you know, my, my 40 time isn't what it should be. Well, what are you doing to work on it? You know, this isn't what it should be. Well, what you have to get uncomfortable if you want to see true results that are sustainable in life. And going back to coaches, you know, that are sport coaches that aren't as familiar in the weight room. You know, that's an uncomfortable feeling when they go in there with their team and it's not truly their expertise of running a strength and conditioning program. So you have to trust if you have a strength and conditioning coach that's assisting or helping the program or running the program, you have to trust that hey, they're knowledgeable and they're, they got the best um, interests of all the athletes in there. And then if you're running the weight program, you have to be uncomfortable learning and how to get better to benefit your athletes. For example, let's just use an in-season program for an example. Or out of season, are you coming in and are you watching what the athletes are doing and are you encouraging them? A lot of times that's very uncomfortable because that's not what they're familiar with. You know, I always say sport coaches fear what they don't know. Huh. And I certainly don't know a lot about a lot of sports. You know, when, when I start talking to athletes and they start talking about sports that I'm not as familiar with, I'm always asking them questions on, you know, what helps them, for example, be a better hockey player, what helps them be a better soccer player, et cetera. And having that dialogue, having that relationship, I think really helps. Well, and I think too, and I'm going to put this coaches, this is very simple. You want to, you want to get really uncomfortable. Okay. There's two words right now. Okay. Okay. Two words right now, believe and trust. Most coaches will give you the, I believe in our strength coach. I believe in this, but do you really trust him or her? Which means you give them the authority and, and whatnot to do what they're doing. So do you believe in them or do you trust them? Most coaches will say, I believe in my, in my uh, strength coach. Guy. I'm not sure what that. Yeah. Most people will say, I believe in them, okay? But trust is the big thing, okay? So we're going to wrap this up here, Dean. Uh, anything else to kind of finish with? You know, the last comment I always share with our athletes, Brian, is this. You know, I read a study, and the Navy SEALs did a study on when they're talking about Navy SEAL training. And when they go over to training, how difficult that one week is to become a Navy SEAL. And when they're doing that training, it not only is how physically fit they are to be able to get through the training, but it's that mental component of getting through the training. And right when your brain thinks that you can no longer go anymore, 
they found out you can do 40% more than what your brain thinks that it can. So I always try to get our kids, like we have to tap in to that 40%. So when things get difficult, we always have more in the tank. And that's one of the best things about being a strength conditioning coach is we're always trying to get the most out of the athletes. And we know you have to be uncomfortable to make gains. And it's uncomfortable when you got a heavy weight on your back. It's uncomfortable if you're doing conditioning and trying to get yourself in better shape. So you have to understand as an athlete, you always can do more than what your brain thinks you can. That's a great message, Dean, to finish up here. So just in closing, want to re-hit on the topics we talked about, protect your confidence, understand, you know, the things that you should be putting out there. And we want confident athletes, but make sure you understand that. Coaches, athletes, make sure you're asking the right questions, you know, and any questions is the right question. So make sure we're doing that. Um, entitlement and ego, we got to make sure that we don't let that creep into our program. Okay. And how do we do that? Very simple. Stay uncomfortable, you know, be un get comfortable being uncomfortable was a great quote, coach Alvarez line that we had. So again, for all of our listeners really want to thank you for dialing in here, uh, listening for our 25th episode. Um, you know, it's been a lot of fun. We're going to keep this baby rolling uh throwers uh make sure you check out fox valley throws club both on instagram twitter uh things like that those of you that follow the podcast give us a like um and a share uh you know that's kind of our fee for for listening to our show you know we don't run the ads and things like that and you know follow the instagram and twitter we put a lot of great information and a lot of our former guests things like that sports advantage um you know really excited about some of the things that we have going on at sports advantage here coming in the near future. So uh, with that um, one plug, I want to put in Dean too uh, at sports advantage, we will be having Laura Phelps who will we'll hopefully have on our podcast here in the next month or two, Laura Phelps uh, will be doing a seminar at sports advantage, December 4th, open to all high school coaches. Please, please check out, um, you know, that information and so you can get you signed up, learn from one of the best, you know, strength trainers, strength athletes to ever compete in the world. So we're going to sign off. Appreciate everybody listening and we will see you next time. Chop it.